But first, we focus in on Queen's Park and the province's battle to keep Premier Doug Ford's mandate letters secret. For almost four years now, despite being ordered by the former privacy commissioner to release them and having all of its appeals dismissed, they are now taking their fight to the Supreme Court which would push any potential release of those documents beyond the next provincial election. Mandate letters are a set of directives issued by the premier to their cabinet ministers, what they want to make priorities in the next session and so on and so forth. The argument is over whether they give away too much of the deliberation process in terms of getting to those mandates. The province thinks they do. The courts so far say they don't. These are they're just the results, essentially. So. It's a lot to unpack, so to help us out with that, we bring in James Turk, director of Ryerson University Center for Free Expression. Good afternoon, James. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I hope I did justice to the battle at hand. It is a hard one to sort of explain in a brief radio summary, but I guess my first question looking at all this is, why is the premier fighting this so hard? It's something that premiers have done voluntarily just as a matter of course for years. Yes, uh, I can't answer your question because it baffles me as well, Mark. Uh, You know, just for your audience, to be clear, every time when there's a new cabinet, uh, the uh, premier or the prime minister, if it's federal, will issue a a a ministerial mandate letter telling the minister what are the priorities for his or her department for the coming term of the government. Uh, most provinces and federally, they make these readily available to the public. So the public knows what the government's priorities are going to be. Uh, so this is basically about the public's access to information. And uh, the CBC made a request back in 2018 mm-hmm. uh, when Ford's government was elected and he issued his initial mandate letters to his ministers for these. And they said no. And all of us were amazed. As I say, most governments want the public to know what the priorities for each of its departments are going to be. Sure. And they they uh, used a section of our access to information legislation that allows them to protect cabinet secrets um, as if the instructions to ministers are somehow a cabinet secret that the public doesn't have a right to know. Uh, and that's what the fight's about. Uh, does, the, does the government have a right to throw all sorts of things into an exclusion of cabinet secrets. Uh, and this government feels it does. And they went, as you said, they went to the privacy commissioner who said, no, you don't. Uh, the government appealed that. They went to the divisional court and the divisional court in, in Ontario said, no, you don't have a right to keep these secret. Then they appealed it to the Court of Appeal in Ontario. And the Court of Appeal said, no, you don't have a right to keep it secret. Now they're seeking leave to ask the Supreme Court to do it. They haven't been granted leave yet. They're seeking leave to appeal it to the Supreme Court. And we're hopeful the Supreme Court will say, I'm sorry. Uh, The Privacy Commissioner and two courts have already told you no. What don't you understand? It just boggles the mind because these priorities, I mean, we're talking about government. So they deal, everything they do is public. And whatever these priorities are, they're eventually going to come out anyway in their actions and the measures that they pass. I'm wondering if maybe this has something to do with competitive advantage, uh, not giving the opposition parties the opportunity to see in advance what they plan on doing and uh, react to it proactively. Could that could that be it? I don't, I don't think so, because the government starts its term with a throne speech where they lay true. out what their priorities are going to be. Very true. Right? And then they give a more detailed list of directions to each of the ministers uh, as to what are within those those throne speech priorities, what the specific role of their particular department is going to be in in carrying those out. 
So there's nothing, I think it's a government that just is not keen on the public knowing what it's doing. Uh, and this has been a longstanding problem. Political yeah. parties, when they're in opposition, are all in favor of the public being informed, all in favor of government transparency, um, which is important in a democracy. How are we going to be informed? Citizens know how to vote, what to press for if we don't know what governments are planning. So it's a theoretically uh, public access to government information is really important. Uh, but there is a legitimate role to say that when a, when a cabinet is meeting, ministers have to have the right to brainstorm about ideas without it being recorded. Otherwise, they won't open their mouths. They won't try out ideas that may be stupid ideas. So there's a, a limited role for that kind of cabinet confidence. Absolutely. But, but not to sweep all sorts of things that the public have a right to know and say, well, I'm sorry, you don't have a right to know because it's a cabinet secret. Uh, there's nothing secret about this. So it's, uh, I think it's just a government that doesn't value transparency and openness. That's the only way I can explain it. And they're spending a lot of the public's money taking these courses. It's not cheap to have your lawyers go first to the privacy commissioner, then to the divisional court, and then to court of appeal, and now want to go to the Supreme Court. So well, I think there are a lot of better uses for that money. That's what I was going to ask, because if you look at uh, Premier Doug Ford's history, even going back to his time on Toronto City Council and his brother, uh, Rob Ford, the mayor, it was all about stopping the gravy train, saving money for the taxpayer, customer service excellence. How much is this fight that his government is currently undertaking costing us, the taxpayer? We have no way of knowing because uh, I assume what they pay their lawyers is part of solicitor-client privilege. Uh, and so it would be buried in the government's legal budget, uh, which has many different things. So there's no way to know, but it, it takes money. It takes a lot of time. It takes uh, government lawyers are involved in this, government staffers, political staffers. So there's a lot of money and time wasted trying to keep this secret from the public. And as I say, what's, what's bizarre is that most every other government in the country is wants the public to see what their priorities are. Uh, they see this as an advantage. So why this is secret uh, uh, just baffles the mind and why they just don't take no for an answer and realize they have to turn these over, but they keep trying to block it. Yeah, interesting how times and tones change. Uh, now, if somehow the government does ultimately get a court to side with it, and I say a court because this is their fourth yep. attempt, uh, what could this mean for the future of access to, to other government records? Well, it means that what's really at issue is how broad an, an exclusion cabinet secrecy is. In other words, as I said, there's a, a narrow legitimate role to say, yes, the ministers have to have a right to have discussions, brainstorm, try out ideas that maybe seem to be, you know, somebody else thinks they're stupid. But in a brainstorming session, you want to be able to put everything on the table and, and not be embarrassed. If So that very limited role, if the, if the Supreme Court were to accept their appeal and were to grant it, then it would mean that what could be hidden under cabinet secrecy would be much broader than it should be. It would mean all sorts of things. Uh, one of my friends described cabinet secrecy in this government's point of view is like a black hole and anything that comes anywhere near it gets swept into it and is protected by the secrecy, protected uh, from being disclosed to the public. And right. so that would be the implications of the Supreme Court uh, deciding what they decided. Uh, if they if they granted the, the uh, leave and granted the appeal, then the public would have a right to know less than it uh, has a right to know now. And that would be unfortunate for us and for democracy. 
It's something we should be watching very closely. I think things like this are, uh, you know, there are topics that a lot of people look at and say, who who cares? I don't care about this wheeling and dealing. I care about more what gets done in the end. But you don't realize how vital it as it is to have that public access to that information until it's gone. So you want as much information on what the people you elect are doing for you as you can get. That is James Turk, director of Ryerson University Center for Free Expression. Uh, James, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Mark. Nice to be with you. You too.